Hello. Hello. It's been a while. <laughs> Why did we start that so weird? We you guys, we said it. hello and then we looked at each other like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Listen, we're on episode 47, but it feels like it's just started. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just going back to amateur hour. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, we've always been amateurs. We'll always true. be amateurs. It's fine. This is true. But we're like. It's fine. Extra. Awesome amateurs. Yes. I was trying to think of the word. I was like, we're like <laughs> seasoned amateurs. Yeah, That's there we go. We <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> um, oh, man. You know what? I'm just going to hop right into it. Are you just going to go right? I'm okay. Go Skippers, right your episode well, is now. Your time is now. <laughs> you are listening to Difficult Dances. <laughs> I'm Kat. And I'm Rachel. We haven't changed co-hosts. I just sound <laughs> like I'm dying, so it's fine. <laughs> she, it, you, you were almost dying. I was almost kind dying of. for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm recovering from my third bout of COVID. Oh, cat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. I still haven't gotten it. I feel like I'm making up for all the Not times I never got sick as a child. Now I'm always sick. You know, I will say... <laughs> I got my booster and I also got a flu shot for the very first time at the start of the year. Yeah. I haven't gotten sick at all, so I'll probably keep doing that. Hell yeah. My boss was like, Kat, if you don't get the fucking vaccine, you're going to die next time. I was like, well, that's extremely morbid. You might. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if people would stop coming to work sick, that'd be grand. <laughs> that That is another big thing. Anytime mm. and people, well, I don't know about your, where you work, but they keep updating the policy where I work. And now like you can show up if you test positive, but you have no symptoms. And I'm like, but that, that makes no sense. No, It's weird. Yeah. And <sighs> I've been just like, if you're coughing, stay away from me. I don't care what yeah. you say. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care if it's maybe sort of kind of allergies. Like that's yeah. what, cause that's what I did the first time. We're, this is not an episode about COVID guys. That's what I did the first time or the second time I got it. I was like, I, legitimately thought it was allergies and we were like going in and out of a yeah. extremely cold room in the really hot weather so I was like oh it's just that and then it was not that yeah I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've heard that yeah so now the second the I get sick or the second I feel like extra run down I'm like I'm calling out I've got sick time I'm calling out I'm not getting anyone sick yeah <laughs> I'm not gonna be that person well thank you yeah I appreciate yeah. I know it doesn't really affect me but yeah <laughs> no you you've been very conscientious of it too like anytime you've mentioned maybe being exposed you've told me which yeah. I'm not at a point where I'm like okay you're not showing symptoms I'm fine but I do appreciate yeah, that you're welcome. so thank you <laughs> you're welcome um you had mentioned I don't know why my voice got weird <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to have a sultry voice like exactly right <laughs> you had mentioned being up for recording but your voice might sound weird I was like it's fine your voice is sexy when it's all like <laughs> sexy sultry frog voice <laughs> sure the listeners will appreciate it so. i should do like something really close to my be like you're listening to difficult dances do it <laughs> I, I, I got a little turned on right there <laughs> i was like damn oh, damn ma'am with your host cat and rachel <laughs> hi hi oh, i don't sound God. sexy so you sound so sexy no all the time oh thank That's you why i love you i'm like blushing <laughs> <laughs> but oh. 
and <laughs> we said this wasn't a skipper episode. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Just kidding. You guys, it's us. Come on. <laughs> But um, all right. Well, we're on episode what forty seven. We are we are on episode forty seven. Um, really quick before we actually hop into oh, it. Okay. Um, Lies. <laughs> Difficult damsels now has a subscription service. So if you this is what makes us seasoned amateurs. <laughs> if you fair listener would like to, um, if you have any disposable income, and I know around this time of the year that's. <laughs> funny what is that <laughs> but if if you've ever been like hey i would like to support your podcast get like a patreon or something we now have something through anchor there is a link at the end of the show notes and you can donate to us once a month you can choose 99 cents 4.99 or 9.99 whatever your heart desires Thank and your you. wallet can handle <laughs> um so yeah, if you would like to help support us, this is blood, sweat, and tears that goes into yeah. it. It would be much appreciated. Mostly tears from Rachel, because <laughs> she does all the research. Lots of tears from Rachel. <laughs> the money will go to books for Rachel. Yes. Um, it'll go for books, and it'll go for when I have a disastrous trip. Oh, no. And end up paying for three tickets. That's another That's story terrible. for another day. But um, yeah, so... That is a thing. Check out the show notes. There is a link and it'll take you straight to it. And you can put a dollar in our wallets. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but, yeah. but keep listening either way. <laughs> would help if I open my Word doc. Only a little bit. <laughs> so today's episode, episode 47, is Olympias. Yes. Olympias or Olympia? Olympias. Oh. Yeah. It's okay. like Olympia but with an S. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> So who, this is your spelling segment. Who, who pray tell might Olympias be? So they say that behind every great man is an even greater woman. The best of these women were known to operate behind the scenes, whispering in the ears of powerful men to influence their actions in a way that favored their own ambitions. We have covered some women from the ancient era before. Spoiler alert. That's what today is. And all of these women often have something in common. They are the women that dare to interact directly with politics and influence the men in their lives yes. in a more public fashion. So, of course, our, uh, our old history daddy and our history uncles <laughs> and our history uh, family friends that come to the table. They, family friends that weren't invited. <laughs> They always observe these women as being nefarious and bewitching and having womenly wiles. With their womenly <laughs> wiles and just having a more manipulative and villainous persona because, you know, women aren't supposed to be seen. Okay, we're supposed to be behind the screen. Yes. If we if we do interact, we have to be behind a screen so you can't see her face. Women apparently... can be seen, but they're not supposed to be heard. Um, and this is this is a woman who was seen and heard, and she was the woman behind one of the greatest men that we know in history, and that was the mother of Alexander the Great. Woohoo! Sorry. I don't know why, but I felt like that should have a cheer. I'm really, I'm really excited for this. So I'm going to give you some historical context and then I'm going to um, also just give us some difficult damsels context. Heck yes. So historical context. In 373 BCE, the temple of Apollo and Delphi is destroyed by an earthquake. <laughs> 
In 368 BCE, Plato finished writing The Republic, which is a philosophic work that lays down the rules of an idealistic society, suggesting that kings should rule as philosophers and not just martially motivated. In 356 BCE, the temple of Artemis at Ephesus is burned down by a madman, permanently destroying one of the ancient seven wonders of the world. That's upsetting. Isn't it? Yeah. Also in 356 BCE, Alexander the Great is born. In 347 BCE, Coinage is introduced into Rome and the Roman Republic for the very first time. In 336 BCE, King Philip II of Macedon is assassinated and his son, Alexander the Great, succeeds him to the throne of Macedon. He'll spend the duration of his reign expanding the Macedonian kingdom to be one of the greatest in human history. In 327 BCE, Alexander the Great invades northern India. In 323 BCE, Alexander the Great dies And in 320 BCE, the city of Alexandria in Egypt becomes the largest city in the world. So general context for this time period, the great empires we have that exist are over in China, India, and the Persian Empire. The Roman Republic is just now beginning to emerge as a budding power. Greece continues to be ruled by a series of independent city-states, often at war with one another. Sparta and Athens remain powerful in southern Greece, but the greatest of all the Greek kingdoms is Macedonia. To help ground us in the difficult damsels timeline, I'll uh, let you know when certain women we've already covered, like where they exist in relation to Olympias. Okay. So 100 years before Olympias is when Artemisia of Caria existed. Okay. Our Persian naval commander. 80 years after Olympias is Teuda of Illyria. Yes! 300 years after Olympias is Cleopatra, and then 350 years after Olympias is Agrippina. All right. Hell yeah. So there we go. As is the case with many powerful women of the ancient era, the story of Alexander the Great's mother, Olympias, is one shrouded in both fact and myth. Although the events of her life and Alexander the Great's life are well documented by some of the most famous Greek philosophers and historians of the era, much has been embellished over time. Because as we know, a woman's role in the ancient world was to be silent and not speak. The women that proved ambitious were often vilified for daring to interact with politics. They were often linked with the more nefarious of mystery cults that were prevalent of the time period as well. (laughs) Olympias is no exception. In fact, she may have been the template for some of the powerful women that would later follow, such as Cleopatra and Agrippina. This is the story of Olympias, mother to one of the greatest kings in the history of the world, and as we'll find out, he did not get there alone. Olympias was born in 375 BCE as a princess of the Melosians. The Melosians were a collection of ancient Greek tribes that resided in the kingdom of Epirus. Should have mentioned there are going to be maps if you want to pull your phone out. There are going to be maps! Lots of maps. I don't know why I got so excited about that, but it had to happen. (laughs) I was really excited. I was like, I got a lot of maps this time. Hell yeah. It's been a minute since we've had maps, I think. I I feel like because we've just been in France. That's true. It's like people know that that's that. (laughs) That's very, very true. (laughs) So Epirus was an ancient Greek kingdom located in northwestern Greece and southern Albania. Directly to the north was the kingdom of Illyria, which is where Teuta came from. 
um, and she would again rule less than 100 years after this point. Northwest of Epirus was the kingdom of Macedonia. Uh, we're going to become very familiar with that name. Yes. <laughs> yes, we have Matt. So Macedonia, Epirus, Illyria, and then you've got Athens and Sparta down there. Hell yeah. We'll have this map online for you to view yourselves. Yay. Follow along. <laughs> Olympias has been known by several names in the ancient histories. According to Plutarch, she was born as Polyxena and then later changed her name to Myrtale right before her marriage to Philip II of Macedonia as part of her initiation to a super secret mysterious cult. Ooh, cult time. We'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about it, okay. but it, it's, it's still a mystery. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, they didn't talk about oh. what they did. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm curious. The name history remembers her by came later, after her husband's victory in the Olympic Games in 356 BCE, and thus she donned the name of Olympias to honor him. Also, a little more to that story, we'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> but just so you know, she's known as Olympias, but she had all these other names. She had all these other names. <laughs> which is apparently a thing that happened. You could marry your wife and be like, your name is now this. No, the fuck it's not. Yeah, we're going to find that out <laughs> fuck later. Fuck you, it's not. <laughs> Now, Olympias was the eldest daughter of King Neoptolemus of Epirus. Like any great family of the ancient era, Olympias's family claimed a direct descent to the ancient Greek hero Achilles of Trojan War fame. Achilles had been the son of Peleus, a Greek king, and Thetis, a sea nymph slash goddess. So oh, by yeah. extension, Olympias herself was said to have descended from the gods. Yes. Everyone and their mother. Literally. <laughs> literally. literally <laughs> that in the is story. This story. <laughs> Welcome to the story. Now we know where that comes from. Yes. <laughs> Predictably, though, we don't know her mother's name. Ugh. Her family were known as the Iasidae, which had been a well respected family that claimed to descend from Melosis, who had been the grandson of Achilles. Nice. When Olympia's father died, Arambis became the next king of the Molotian throne. Depending on the source you read, he's either her uncle or her brother. That's the stretch. We're going to have a lot of, <laughs> okay. could be this or that. You're going to have a lot of brother uncles. It's <laughs> what I call Thor's brother uncle is Crockett is his brother <laughs> uncle because he's my parents' dog, but he's also his brother. So he's his brother uncle. Perfect. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It makes See, sense. It's, it comes it's from real. this time period. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is why we get brother uncles. <laughs> Either way, as soon as Arambis came to the throne, he set his sight on forging an alliance with the powerful kingdom of Macedonia. And what does any good alliance of the ancient era oh, require? It requires trading your daughter, sister, cousin, <laughs> aunt as cattle. <laughs> exactly. It requires I'm sorry. a marriage. Let me, let me say that correctly. It's a marriage bond. Yes. yes. Also selling someone as cattle. <laughs> Fortunately for Erebus, he had a beautiful young niece and or sister to offer up to the king sister of Macedonia. <laughs> Enter King Philip II of Macedon. Might be Macedon. Whatever. I feel like it's Macedon. I don't know. Macedon. I'm not an expert, let's be honest. That place. That place. That starts with an The marriage of Olympias and Philip was a union of two ancient Greek families. Philip had been a member of the Argeid dynasty which had been the founders of the ancient kingdom of Macedon and had been ruling for over 400 years by this point. 
Think, think about that. That's a long time. United States hasn't even been like what? We're, we're babies. Let's be honest. Three hundred years. I have no idea. I'm not. Whatever it is. I don't math. <laughs> and not to be outdone by Olympias's family, the Argeids trace their descendants all the way to the Greek hero Heracles, by extension Zeus. Guess where we get that information from? History uncle. History daddy. Oh, yes. <laughs> we get that from Herodotus. Sorry that got really sexual. Oops, I know, I didn't I intend apologize. <laughs> I'm currently looking for a history daddy yeah. if anybody would like to fill that role. I don't have daddy issues, but I do have history daddy you issues. You can't be a misogynist, though, because she will kick no. your ass. <laughs> And if she doesn't, I will. <laughs> He'll disappear. Yeah. For legal reasons. Just kidding. That is a joke. <laughs> As was typical for the time, Philip's youth was marked by assassinations of prominent family members, exile, and betrayal. Dun, dun, dun. Before becoming the king of Macedon, Philip had to usurp the throne from his infant nephew. What? And this was after his older brother had named Philip the regent for his nephew. <laughs> okay, are we back in England? Jesus. <laughs> They have regents. Oh, that's always man. been a thing. No, I know, but I'm just like this is like every story in the yeah. English monarchy. Fair, yeah. Everybody's usurping from a this nephew. This is the OG usurping. <laughs> exactly. Hey, <laughs> that's mine. Gemma is drinking water. Philip had already gained a reputation for his military achievements and ambition, which strove to see the expansion of Macedonia by way of invasion of neighboring Greek kingdoms. Philip had also expanded his kingdom and secured various alliances by way of marriage in the past. So by the time Olympias had entered the picture, uh, she's basically either his second or his fourth wife. Depends on the sources. Great. (laughs) (laughs) How do you mess that up? Like, I know I'm bad at math, but like when I see it. (laughs) I mostly see it as his fourth wife, but I've seen some people say second. I'm fairly certain it was his fourth wife. That's what I see in most of the sources. But again, some of the um, it just articles takes one I read, source <laughs> or a couple sources exactly, to and you're just like I'm question not everything. Positive. But yeah, we are not official historians with PhDs. <laughs> we are not. No. <laughs> we are seasoned amateurs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sources of the time love to speculate on this divine first meeting between the two fated souls who would end up becoming the mother and father of Alexander the Great. The only thing we know with any absolute certainty is that they met on the Greek island of Samothrace, where they were both initiated into the cult of Kaviri in a temple complex known as the Sanctuary of the Gods. I'm sorry, it's like, do you say that like it's a thing? Initiated into the cult? Like, yeah. that's a thing that happens? Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So actually, (laughs) it is. I don't have all the details on this, but when I was reading about it, there were a bunch of cults, which is basically like little, Little clubs. Little localized religious centers slash clubs slash cults. And it was it was all over Greece. Interesting. So you could pick like where you went. I'm sure it was also like get alliances too and be like, Yeah, we commune with the gods. But okay. interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> this cult was a mystery cult of the time that was incredibly popular in all of ancient Greece. To this day, the exact details of the cult remain secret, and its exact purpose is only known to those initiates that have long turned to dust by this point in history. So they're like frats and sororities. Yes. Okay. And I think this is literally where we get our frats and sororities. And and is this why we use Greek symbols? It might. Yeah. Connection made. We're difficult damsels, guys. (laughs) Sorry, I got so excited about that. Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we do now. 
Okay. And what we do know happens to come from our history, Daddy. Yes. <laughs> because Herodotus did write a little bit about it, but that's like okay. all we know comes from him, basically. So he probably made everything up. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> So the temple complex itself had its own pantheon of the gods consisting of Chthonic deities, which were earth and soil gods and goddesses. Mm-hmm. Among them were the great mother, Hecate, under the name of Zerinthia, Cadmilos, identified by Greeks as the god Hermes, another fertility-based god, mm-hmm. and later the underworld deities of Axiocursos and Axiocursa, a.k.a. Hades and Persephone? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you didn't know there was gonna be a pop quiz i didn't but i got it, it. Yes. yes this is how i got by school i just guessed <laughs> the temple itself was open to the public and the initiation to the samothracian mystery cult was open to anyone regardless of age gender class or nationality some suggest that philip had been there simply to participate in the religious ceremonies while other sources of the time suggest he was solely there to promote his alliance with olympias If you want to go with the more romanticized version that was written by Plutarch. Which we don't. No, which we do. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Philip was being initiated in the cult when he first laid eyes on a mysterious 18-year-old woman who happened to be Olympias. You say it. It was fine until you said 18 years old. And I was like, now it's It's better than 12. I mean, you're not wrong, but you're still a kid. (laughs) Yeah. He's only, he's 28. So okay, it's, so it's not horrible. It's, it's awkward, but it could be But worse. it's not gross. Okay, 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 okay. Famed for her red hair, notorious temper, and otherworldly beauty. Because yes. of course. Hell yes. <laughs> it was allegedly love at first sight. Philip was 28 at the time and fell so passionately in love with her that he did not care she was an orphan now. And betrothed yeah. himself to her right then and there. He simply had to have her. Why would he not? Because she doesn't get like a dowry? Like what is the orphan? Okay, I think so. What do you have against orphans? She can't help it. (laughs) Jesus. She should have protected her parents better. I don't think that's how it goes. (laughs) And with Philip's ensnarement, Olympias became the queen consort of Macedonia. Yes. Why do I just love that noun so much? Queen consort. Queen consort. It's just so cool. I think, I honestly think you're going to love Olympias. Hell yes. I really do. (laughs) As befitting any famed couple of antiquity, their union was marked by remarkable omens of the time portending the birth of an important child. In Plutarch's Greek lives, he wrote, on the night before they were to be locked in the bridal chamber together, the bride had a dream in which, following a clap of thunder, her womb was struck by a thunderbolt. This started a vigorous fire, which then burst into flames and spread all over the place before dying down. That sounds, like, problematic. Help. <laughs> Help. <laughs> Lightning hit Help. my womb. Lightning it struck my womb, and well, now there's a fire. Well, who, pray tell, brings the lightning? Uh, shit, Zeus. <laughs> I almost said Thor. Wrong champion. <laughs> Wrong champion. Not to be outdone by his wife, Philip, too, had a dream of oh, his own. for fuck's sake. That saw him pressing a seal to Olympias' stomach with the emblem of a lion on it. Lions had been an important symbol to the Macedonians, and thus the promise of a great Macedonian king 
was prophesized by both Olympias and Philip. Philip's dream sounds a little boring now that, <laughs> now that you say it out loud. Like, listen, you have a seal, but she has she lightning. She has lightning okay. from Zeus. <laughs> All right? You need to calm down. <laughs> One year after the marriage, Philip's horse won in the Olympic Games. I thought you... I thought you... I thought you said his name was Juan. <laughs> so now Philip's horse is forever going to be Juan in my mind. <laughs> Philip's horse Juan. <laughs> so yeah, Philip's horse named Juan. Juan. <laughs> entered the Olympic Games and ended up winning. <laughs> Juan. Good job, Juan. <laughs> um, this is probably the most majestic horse ever. <laughs> and not long after that, Olympias gave birth to the prophesied champion of Macedonia, a son that was named Alexander. Yes. Slash lightning hit by wound. <laughs> wound? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> this child would go on to become Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great. Now, Why did I become German? I don't know. <laughs> now, continuing on this theme of important omens and events happening the same oh, day as... no. <laughs> what happened? This child being born. So the very Wait, same... was Juan winning the tournament? An omen? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and that's why Olympias was named Olympias. I need someone who has artistic <laughs> skills to draw Juan, please. <laughs> The majestic Greek horse. <laughs> now, the same day Alexander is born, Philip also has this great victory in Potidaea, giving him a huge um, upper hand against the Illyrians to the north. Mm. I'm sorry, Teuta. Sorry, Teuta. She's not born yet. It's fine. <laughs> Philip's victory, coupled with his horse, Juan's victory. Juan! Good job, Juan! <laughs> in the Olympic Games, served as further omens to suggest that the babe born to Olympias and Philip would become a great man. Interesting. And then not long after Alexander came a daughter named Cleopatra. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Wait, is it our, it's not our Cleopatra. It's not our Cleopatra. Yes. This is like... She's like 300 years later. There's right? gonna be, yeah, yeah, there's gonna be lots of Cleopatras between here Stop. and... And there's then, only one. And then there's another Cleopatra in this house. No, there's only one. <laughs> we only have five names, okay? So we're going to find out. Oh, I just love how there's like all these epic names and then Philip. Sorry. Right? I was Phillip, just thinking but... that too. I was like, that name has been around that long. Right? Interesting. <laughs> there's just all these like Ias and... Alexander. And then and, yeah, and then there's Philip. <laughs> With the births of Alexander and Cleopatra, Olympias had secured herself a pretty good position within Macedonia. As queen consort, she could have been set aside at any point should her husband's notorious wandering eye find another beauty in a mysterious temple. It would. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but having produced the heir, Olympia's position was far more secure, and so her power grew. But despite having delivered an heir to the Macedonian king, the marriage to Olympias was not exactly met by enthusiasm from the Macedonian people. Ugh, why? And this is where some of the facts and the myths blur together, and we aren't entirely sure what is truth and what is exaggeration. Are you ready for this? I am ready for okay. this. But I also, like, wonder um, when – so they say all these omens happened, and that was the sign of his greatness. But, like, do you think that they actually thought that at the time, or do you think that was, like, because he was hindsight great is later, hindsight is twenty twenty and – Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Do you remember when Juan won? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Do you remember when Philip won that great battle against yeah. the Illyrians? Same exact day Alexander was How born. crazy is that? That <laughs> must gods, have been. Listen, the gods were talking to us. Yeah. They were talking to yeah. us. Yeah. 
Exactly. You know what I mean? Because like you don't you don't see your horse Juan winning the, the championship and you're like, my son's gonna be great. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't. I I mean now I'm going to. If Finnan wins anything, <laughs> my next cat is gonna be a masterpiece. I don't know. A masterpiece? Like I make them in my basement? What the fuck? You Frankenstein? Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Guys, keep it a secret. <laughs> It was well known that Olympias was a practitioner of an ancient cult to the Greek god Dionysus that involved mystic snake worship. Dionysus was the Greek god of winemaking, orchards, fruit, vegetation, fertility, insanity, ritual madness, and ecstasy. I feel like almost every god is a god of fertility. It is. It's very important. (laughs) It is. but... But mostly he's just the god of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. He's the fun one. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Add snakes to the mix, and it made for a disturbing combination Ooh. for the squares of the ancient world. <laughs> squares. Some of the sources even suggest that Olympias's fascination with snake handling was entirely her own, and she would be the one responsible to introduce that practice to the cult of Dionysus. Yes, snake handling is pretty awesome. And anytime you look up Olympias, you can pull your pictures up. Yeah, Gemma's laying on my phone. Hold on. All. Of the artwork and film stills often depict her wearing snake jewelry, usually in the form of an armband and sometimes as a brooch, weaving through her hair. Oh, yeah. Being involved in a cult that dealt with a god of wine and fertility and sex suggested that Olympias would have revered the darker feminine traits that tend to terrify the ancient misogynistic Greek historians (laughs) and people. Which means we absolutely love her. In some of the stories... Olympias even slept with snakes in her bed. And on one particular night, dangerous to the snakes, Philip was feeling lonely and wandered to his wife's room to persuade her to do her wifely duties with him. What, perchance, might we think he found when he went looking for Olympias? Not his snake. That's for damn sure. But a snake. (laughs) I like it. Like a snake. Like a, like a snake snake. Like a snake Not snake. like a euphemism snake, but like a snake snake. So yeah, like he, snake. he found her in bed with a snake. And of course... She was just sleeping like next to the snake, everyone comment. Some of the stories take no. it all a step further. No. And say that Olympias fornicated with snakes. What? Oh my god. Like, what is wrong with people? <laughs> Jesus, you can't just leave it at... She slept in a bed with snakes. You gotta make it weird. I'm not done. Oh my god, no. <laughs> I'm not done. Okay, I have to not laugh when I do this. Oh, no. Okay. Alexander the Great himself would later claim that the serpent his mother was caught fornicating with happened to be an avatar of one of the gods. Not Dionysus. Zeus. Because he's a nasty rapist god. Zeus. <sighs> That's correct. <laughs> Um, it's supposedly the hybrid god of Zeus and Amon. I believe that's an Egyptian god. Sounds right. They had a lot of hybrid gods at the time because of the area. Now, it would not have been a stretch of the imagination to suggest that Olympias herself slept with snakes. No, just kidding. Basically, it's, it's not a stretch of the imagination to think that she would help propagate that rumor. Yeah. All great men of the ancient era, like... She's like, fear me, fuckers. <laughs> they like to suggest that they were directly descended from the gods. And in all those stories, it often involved a mortal coupling with a god who had taken on the form of an animal. Just as Zeus and his rapey swan waves. <laughs> what better way to suggest 
one was closer to the gods than other mortal men than to suggest that you were the son of a god yourself. And thus, their political ambitions, military campaigns, slash invasions, were sanctioned by the gods themselves. Oh, God. We always gotta make it sanctioned by somebody. <laughs> well, yeah. Zeus, yeah. Zeus is my dad, okay? He wanted me to do that. Uh, do you really want your dad to be that rapist dude? Really? <laughs> I mean, I don't have a choice in it. Uh, <laughs> Talk to my mom. You don't have to say it, though. Talk to Olympias, okay? She's the one that likes to fornicate with snakes. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was a rumor about your mother? Like, you'd be like, mom, but like for talk. real. We need to have a chat. <laughs> I heard some disturbing things. I don't actually really want the answer, but I want the answer. Now, whether the story of Philip walking in on his wife having sex with a giant having serpentine creature is true or not. <laughs> Probably not. I would hope not. <laughs> We do know that the marriage between Philip and Olympias was tempestuous on the best of days. What marriage nowadays isn't? Especially marriage like in like higher echelons. Yeah, fair. Ugh. I mean, if my wife preferred snakes, it'd be a little sad. <laughs> Philip was said to be incredibly She's volatile. Just with your snake, okay, asshole. <laughs> and Olympias notoriously jealous of her husband's wandering eye. She also has the great fatal flaw that any woman of the ancient era happened to be plagued with oh, any time she managed to get her name in the history books. Mm. Olympias was said to be opinionated, temperamental, and in general, incredibly difficult and unpleasant to deal with. How fucking dare she? <laughs> <laughs> Not only was Olympias jealous of anyone that managed to capture her husband's attention, but she was also jealous of anyone that threatened her son's inheritance of the Macedonian throne. Yeah, that's fair. That's just her being a mama bear. <laughs> well, <laughs> in oh, <no. laughs> some of the stories, Alexander is said to have a half-brother whose mother had been a commoner. And although his status as a bastard would have made him little of a threat to Alexander, Plutarch claims that Olympias poisoned him with a drug oh, wow. that rendered him mentally incompetent so as to ensure that he could never challenge Alexander's well, position. Upsetting. Does does the thought of Olympias poisoning people upset you? Is it gonna go on? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. <laughs> you better buckle <laughs> in, my friend. Oh this no. is tame. <laughs> oh jeez. I mean you can poison everyone else. Just don't poison kids. They don't have any That's fair. They don't have anything to do with it. Well, from that day on, like, he exists, but he's not all there in the head, yeah. unfortunately. Aww. Just as Olympias was said to scheme against any perceived threat to her son's position, she is still observed as being a very doting mother to Alexander. Do you think that he was already mentally deficient, but they just made that rumor up to make her the yeah. bad guy? Honestly, probably. Okay. Yeah. That, sorry, that thought just, like, randomly got in my head. But who knows? I mean... It's a better story if someone poisons your child instead of... He will come back later. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Now, Olympias is depicted as that type of serpentine helicopter mother whose main objective in life is to see that her son became the next king. She is often described as whispering her influence in her son's ear, and chief among those whisperings was the reminder that he was descended from the famous heroic Achilles. And this meant that he was destined for great things in lieu of that relation. So she's, Can you imagine growing up with that? Yeah. You better be great. And you're yes. just like, I'm fine. Yeah, he's like in the cradle and she's like, you are the son of Achilles. And he's like, goo goo gaga. Like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but Olympias' stories allegedly had a very powerful effect on her son. And long into his adulthood, 
when he was leading military campaigns around Asia Minor and Persia, he was said to always carry a copy of the Iliad with him to remind him of his heritage. That totally, uh, she probably, uh, she ruined him because he probably had this big inflated sense of importance. Why would that be a problem? uh, You know, because that makes horrible people (laughs) who think they're owed to the world and then some. (laughs) Alexander even made a point to visit the ancient ruins of Troy to pay homage to his ancestors' legacy. In addition to creating the mythos of Alexander's origins to help develop his persona as future king, Olympias also set off to find him the best of tutors, and among those tutors had been Aristotle. Ooh, that's right. That's a good, that's a good tutor. <laughs> and he was summoned from Athens to see to Alexander's education. Aristotle proved to be another great influence for Alexander, who ended up carrying the philosopher's works with him on campaign. Yes. He would later be credited with um, introducing Aristotle's work to the Persian Empire and spreading his ideals throughout the rest of the known world. Long story short, guys, the reason we know about Aristotle is because of Alexander the Great. Interesting. And by extension, Olympias. Hell yeah. The one that Thanks, guys, because he's got some interesting stories. He, he does. He's probably the most famous, like, Greek writer. Hell yeah. Along with Plutarch. And philosophizer. And philosophizer. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> and history daddy. But that's just for us history nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Now, the tension between Olympias and her husband continued to grow through the years. It's likely that Olympias wouldn't have minded the estrangement from her husband had it not involved a situation that proved to be a threat to her son's future position. You don't threaten her son. Learn! (laughs) Philip was enduring increased pressure from his nobles to remarry for a third or a fifth time, depending on the source. But why? (laughs) To a woman of noble Macedonian blood. They were concerned that the future king of Macedonia was only half Macedonian, and they wanted someone pure-blooded to rule after Philip. Stop it. You guys were clearly wrong because Alexander is great. (laughs) (laughs) As we remember. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Philip ended up marrying the niece of one of his commanders named Cleopatra. (laughs) He's like, like, what's her name? Cleopatra. Mm, It's going to get weird. And it did. So he was like, I'm going to rename you. No! And he names her Eurydice. I'm sorry, you changed my name from Cleopatra to what now? Eurydice. Fight me. I don't like that. (laughs) I had to write that. Eurydice. I had to write it phonetically because I was like, I don't know how to say that. Eurydice. Okay. Okay. (laughs) To justify this new marriage, Philip accused Olympias of adultery and even. For fuck's sake. He's like, you slept with a snake. And even denounced Alexander as not being his son. What? As you a, can't just do that. As a way to make, in order to make way for a new potential heir born of Eurydice. She's like, my name's fucking Cleopatra, asshole. <laughs> Adding insult to injury, Philip was in the process of arranging a new union with his and Olympia's daughter, Cleopatra. Stop. <laughs> to Olympia's brother. Also what? named Alexander. Stop it. No. <laughs> they have five names. Tied. She's like, it's going to be like when I was growing up, we all had names that started with K. So like our, and our initials were all the same except for Christopher. But like, so my sister was K1 and then I was K2. Oh like we're going to have to have A1, A2, C1, C slash E. That's why they kept renaming them because they were like, we can't do this. Or you could just start off with a different name. (laughs) 
you know what? I'm going to get weird and I'm going to name my kid something different. <laughs> so Olympia's brother was now the king of Epirus. So by arranging this marriage, he would be able to maintain his alliance with the kingdom of Epirus without having to rely on his own union to Olympias. He was like, I still want your kingdom. Olympias is just like, but I don't you, want brother. you. I'm going to, I'm real mad at you right and now. We have a child now, so we can marry our child to your brother. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's, oh, I just realized the ancestralness of yes. that. Yes. 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 yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't have a Greek story without <sighs> incest. I know, but I thought we were like, oh, Remember, now we know where the Ptolemies yes. are from. Because yeah. they literally descend from all of this. BS. You guys, I hope you know that my kittens are the Ptolemy twins. Like, yes. I just hope you know that. Because but they were making out like, make before out. we were recording. It's very awkward. They were just grooming each other. Calm down. They were like, their tongues were touching. Oh my god. Rachel. <laughs> you're like the history daddy of this house. And you're like, they were grooming each other. No, they were making out. Just you're you just became history, Daddy. I just be calling what I saw. <laughs> it is up for interpretation. No, it's really not. <laughs> I witnessed oh, no. it. Rachel is our history, Daddy. I was outraged. I was outraged. <laughs> okay. So everything came to a head during the wedding between Philip and Eurydice slash Cleopatra. slash E. When the bride's uncle openly proclaimed Alexander to be a bastard. You can't say that, sir. So here's where it gets hilarious. Philip, by this point, is incredibly drunk. Oh, good. And Alexander gets up to challenge him. Uh-oh. Philip draws his sword. Oh, no. And goes after Alexander, but then trips because he's so drunk and he falls. This is embarrassing for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So um, I feel like Olympias is just sitting on her throne like this. Bitch. She's just laughing, this I'm sure. <laughs> so Philip's drunkenness prevented a potential case of kin slaying, fortunately, because more than likely Alexander would have killed him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the damage had been done. Both Olympias and Alexander no longer felt welcome in the court of Macedonia and went into exile. Wow. Um, and they both end up at her brother's court in Epirus. Her and brother it, Alexander? Also her brother, Alexander, <laughs> yep. Who's now married to her daughter, Cleopatra? Yep. Oh, yeah. Actually, no, they're not married yet. Oh. The, the marriage has been arranged. Oh, okay. Yeah, because okay. we're going to come back Because she's like four right now? We're going to come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the more scandalous stories tell us that Olympias was not content with exile and deliberately chose her brother's court with the intent of influencing him to go to war against her ex-husband. After it was announced that Olympias's brother would marry her daughter, though, she grows increasingly despondent, seeing the future she so carefully crafted for Alexander slipping through her fingers. Don't worry, babe, it happens. <laughs> but fortunately, you know, men have short memories. And <laughs> Notoriously so. <laughs> Philip ends up inviting both of them back because he wants to reconcile with his son. Oh, okay. And it was just in time for the wedding of his daughter to his brother-in-law. I know. <laughs> so the wedding between his daughter and his brother-in-law was to be another huge occasion uh, for all of Greece, with the nobility of both Epirus and Macedon invited to the city of Aegea. I think that's how you say it. Sure. Aegea. 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 Ooh. That's it. <laughs> oh my god, I figured it out. I did it. Listen, Greek names are very hard. They are. <laughs> 
the capital, which was the capital city of Macedonia. And this is where the ceremony was to take place. All right. But Why weddings, is something's going to happen? As we have learned <sighs> here on Difficult Damsels, never go the way they are supposed to. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> this one's short, but basically what you need to know, as was typical of the time, King Philip ventured into the town's theater unprotected by his bodyguards. Um... The idea being that he wanted to converse with his people. He wanted to appear approachable. That doesn't work if your people don't like you enough to kill you. Well, he would end up being betrayed by one of his own bodyguards. Oh, wait, you just said he didn't have bodyguards. No, they didn't go with him. Oh. But one of them, like, shows up in the crowd. They were like, hey, guess what? Yeah. (laughs) One of them shows up in the crowd, probably, like, with an Assassin's Creed hood. Yes. Assassin's Creed blade. Yes. Exactly. That's not a Just like that. <laughs> Just like that. And the bodyguard's name was Pisanius. Damn. Now the assassination proved to be a planned affair because Pisanius fled the scene and had several accomplices waiting for him with getaway horses near the entrance of entrance of Aegea. Huh. The would-be assassin nearly got away with it, but his horse ended up tripping over a vine and the two fell to the floor. His horse was drunk. He was just like Philip. <laughs> yep. I told you not to drink tonight. <laughs> it was one. <laughs> and three of Philip's bodyguards ended up catching up to Pisanius and end up stabbing him to death. I mean, that's better than the death you were probably going to have if you lived through this. Sure. <laughs> now, unfortunately, the three bodyguards never thought to extract a confession first. And Oops. so the motive behind the assassination has been a popular subject of debate. Contemporaries of the time and modern historians today still debate the motivation along with potential accomplices that were suggested to have orchestrated the event. Hmm. Predictably. Olympias is one of them. Yes. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) The only surviving contemporary account of the event comes from Aristotle, who simply claimed that Pisanius killed Philip because he had been assaulted. (laughs) (laughs) insulted by Atalus, and that was the uncle of Philip's new bride. That was his commander. That seems like a stretch. So, (laughs) from what I understand, he was just like, this is a young nincompoop stupid person. Oh, okay. (laughs) Just, like, openly made fun of him. I mean, but, like, I just can't imagine a bodyguard killing... A ruler because he insulted, he was insulted or someone insulted him. Like, I don't. He was just said to be a young man with a big ego and he was super quick to anger and thus easily manipulated. Yeah, but if so, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't need to argue this. But if someone's quick to anger, they're not going to plan like that. No, like, they're not. But I know it's not real. All I need is one person whispering in there. That's you? true. So that's true. According, so and that person was Olympia. So, right? <laughs> so we have Aristotle's account, who's just like he just probably was in his cups. He got angry. Philip was letting his commander insult him, so he killed him. But we also have Plutarch, mm-hmm. who says something else. What you have to remember is Aristotle tutored Alexander, yeah, and helped to raise him. So of course he's going to be more sympathetic towards Alexander and Olympias, yeah. So Plutarch later suggests that it was Olympias who whispered in Pisanius's ear. Um, and basically, she's there kind of witnessing this exchange going on. Mm-hmm. And of course, she picks up on it and she, she needs to get rid of her husband. So yeah. she goes to him, 
whispers in his ear Turns and is like, womanly wilds yes. on. <laughs> like, how could you possibly activate womanly wilds? How could you possibly stand to be insulted in such a, a manner? Yeah. Like you are no man. If you let that stand. And, and you know that men hearing that from women suddenly have yes. the ego the size of yes. fucking Texas. Basically, like... I don't know why Texas came like, <laughs> Emotionally castrated him. Good, great. Um, and then in other stories, it was Olympias who arranged to have the horses waiting for Pisanius so that he could get away after doing the deed. Now, whether or not Olympias was directly involved, her position remarkably improved afterwards because her son immediately ascended to the throne of Macedonia making her the queen mother to the king of Macedon. Her new position and power, combined with the convenience of having been rid of an inconvenient husband, mm -hmm. contributed to a new reputation in her own time as being a temptress and a murderess. She's like, look, circumstances just played out perfectly. It's not my fault. I have to look. <laughs> People immediately speculated that she was the one to blame for Philip's assassination. And the events that followed did not exactly help her reputation. Why can't we blame Alexander? Well. <laughs> How old is he right now? Do we know? I think he's he's like 19. Okay. He's very young. So he could, he could still be involved. You don't know. To secure her son's position as king and make sure that no rival claimants could come forward to challenge it, Olympias arranged for the execution of her former rival, Eurydice, along with her daughter and possibly a son she had with Philip. Oh my God. Okay. I feel like she was planning that whether he got assassinated yes. or not. <laughs> yes. Playing up the black hearted evil queen image. Some sources claim that Olympias had both Eurydice and her daughter burned at the stake. Other stories claim that Olympias forced Eurydice to hang herself. Whoa. Mm -hmm. That's aggressive. She's very aggressive. Jesus. With the deaths of Eurydice and her children, Olympias secured Alexander's position as well as her own, and she effectively made herself the most powerful woman in all of Macedonia and arguably the whole of the known world. Like, I didn't want to cheer on the fact that those people, that the woman and her kids were murdered, but like, yay. That is very, <laughs> like, ruthless. Yeah, that's terrible, yeah. but like, now Olympias is topped off, so... Mm -hmm. I don't want to cheer that on, but I'm cheering that on. <laughs> um, I'm going to do a quick disclaimer right now. As we've mentioned, this is not a military podcast. Um, I only know the bare bones of details related to Alexander the Great's exploits. Um, basically, I know that he expands the empire to yeah. a state that has never been achieved since then. I will reference certain events and battles, but there will be no specifics. Yeah, because so, this is a story. This is Olympia's story. Exactly. You can go find that podcast. Yeah. If <laughs> so. As soon as Alexander was secure in his position as king of Macedonia, he immediately took up his father's ambitions of expanding the borders of the kingdom. Philip had already intended to expand towards Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey, and invade the Persian Empire, and so this is where Alexander's focus would fall. Before Alexander left Greece to set off on campaign, it was said that his mother pulled him aside for one final embrace and impart one last piece of information related to his heritage. And this is basically where she tells him, you know those stories of me sleeping with the serpent? It's totally true. It's completely true. Oh, no. <laughs> um. That was the avatar. You are the son of Zeus. Of Zeus. Yes, you are the son of Zeus. I distinctly remember that scene <laughs> in the movie with Colin Farrell and, yeah. <clears throat> and Angelina. Yeah. Yeah. 
Due to his divine origins, Olympias advised her son to act with courage and honor and reminded him that the blood of the father of the gods ran through his veins and promised glory, fortune, and fame for him. It would be the last time mother and son would ever see each other again face to face. But, oh, wow. but the sources tell us that the two corresponded very regularly while he was on campaign. All right. It appears Olympias intended to keep the information of Alexander's heritage between the two of them, but having been a scholar of ancient Greek epics, Alexander knew the power of optics that came with godhood. And he knew that if he openly proclaimed his descent from the gods, he could use it to justify the expansionism, the expansionism of his kingdom. When he got to Egypt, he allegedly announced to the world that he was the son of Zeus. And we know exactly what Olympias <laughs> thought about this public boast because we have one of her letters to him. Oh, she's like, what in the fuck, dude? This is what she says. My son, hush, lest you defame me or incriminate me before Juno. She will certainly allot me some great harm once you have confessed in your letters that I am her husband's adulteress. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> By this point, Alexander's military conquests were beginning to add up as he added a series of smaller kingdoms to his collection. This included the kingdoms in Asia Minor, the Levant, and Egypt. The letter was very similar to many of the letters Olympias would write to her son, where she cautioned him not to become too boastful and to practice more humility while on campaign. But you made him that way. <laughs> and Alexander would famously ignore his mother's counsel from her letters. you made him that way. <laughs> That's what happens I when you... I was born this way. Yeah. <laughs> you're the one that told me I was the son yeah. of Zeus. You're the one who told me I was awesome. Why wouldn't I share that with the hell? I am the grand, great, great, great grandson of Achilles, and I'm the god of, or god of Zeus. I'm the son of Zeus. I'm the son of Zeus. Like, of course I'm great. Yeah. Everybody needs to know. Yeah. I have to share this info just keep this with in. the world. <laughs> what happens in Vegas does not stay. In, in Vegas. Vegas slash Macedonia. <laughs> Egypt now. Oh, okay. <laughs> During the early portion of Alexander's campaign, Olympias remained behind in Macedonia to see after her son's domestic affairs, but he left the regency of Macedonia in the hands of a general named Antipater. Antipater had previously been chosen by Alexander's father to rule as regent when he left Macedonia to pursue his military campaigns in other areas of Greece. He was also said to be an ally of Olympias and Alexander when he was younger and instrumental to ensuring that Alexander's succession to the throne went smoothly. The working relationship between Antipater and Olympias was said to quickly deteriorate, though, oh, no. especially after he Alexander went on campaign. Whether this was because Olympias was jealous of Antipater's position or Antipater was frustrated with Olympias's attempt at meddling in politics is anyone's best guess. <laughs> But as the relationship deteriorated, both Olympias and Antipater hilariously wrote their complaints of one another to Alexander. While oh, he was no, campaign. he's like, you guys. <laughs> so Antipater complained that Olympias was a meddlesome shrew. <laughs> Probably accurate. <laughs> I can just imagine her like questioning and second guessing every decision yes. he makes. And he's like, can you not? <laughs> And Olympias complained that the power was going to Antipater's head, warning Alexander that he was behaving as though a king rather than a governor or a regent. Also probably accurate. Very accurate, yeah. <laughs> but he also has experience yes. from, from the sounds of it. So he like knows what he's doing. So he yes. probably just has the ego of someone who knows what they're doing. 
The reality, like you said, was that Antipater had his hands full with the Persians attempting to take background in areas that Alexander had conquered after he left the area. And he also was dealing with Thracian tribes to the north of Macedonia, taking advantage of the opportunity posed by the Atsink He's like, do you see how much I have to do right now? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there was Sparta to the south, which also saw that Macedonia was plagued with internal conflicts and took advantage by teaming up with the Persians to fund its own army and try to reclaim lost territory in Greece. Meanwhile, Olympias ended up going back to Epirus and moved in with her daughter to get away from Antipater. Wait, I thought she was dead. No, her daughter's still alive. Oh. Sorry, the other Cleopatra slash Eurydice or whatever her name is. <laughs> I don't have the thing spelled out in front of me. She's dead, but the other Cleopatra, her daughter, is alive. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it gets confusing. <laughs> I'm getting into family tree. It ended up being a convenient move because while her brother was in campaign in southern Italy, he ended up dying. And so her young nephew slash grandson, <laughs> Aesides, ended up needing a regent. And Olympias was all too happy to step into that She's role. She's like, hello, look at me. Hello. I'm conveniently here. <laughs> I've done this before. <laughs> Would you too like to descend from a god? Because <laughs> we can make that happen. <laughs> When Alexander heard about the rift between his mother and Antipater, he decided to step in and try to resolve the quarrel, and so ordered Antipater to meet him in Babylon with a fresh group of troops to replenish his armies. Antipater refused the call, electing instead to send his son, Cassander, remember that name, it will come back, Okay. (laughs) and he sends his son in his place. Um, Predictably, Alexander's not too happy about this. Yeah, it sounds like it might be an insult, and then... Your whole, he's letting the power go to his head, might be real. Alexander is also in Babylon. Not much you can do about it right now. Yeah, I know. So, (laughs) (laughs) Now, towards the end of his reign, Alexander the Great's kingdom had grown from occupying the northern portion of modern-day Greece to later include all land northeast of the Mediterranean Sea, all of modern-day Turkey, the Levant, Egypt, modern-day Iran, Iraq, Syria, Jordan, I think, (laughs) and the whole of the Persian Empire extending into the western portions of India. So it starts right here. Oh, shit. And it goes to there. Isn't that insane? Wow. That's aggressive. (laughs) It is very aggressive. Alexander the Great. You have it from Difficult Danzels. Was very aggressive. <laughs> this is what being told you are the son of Zeus does. But, like, how are you going to keep all that fortified and keep it under you? Like, You know what, Kat? What? That is a fantastic question. Thanks. <laughs> and a perfect lead-in. Oh, good. <laughs> Segway time. Um, and we will have these maps online. Yeah, so you, can you will see have them. the growth of Alexander's kingdom slash empire. Yes. <laughs> Now, Olympias's advice to her son was to be mindful of the claims of godhood and to not let it go too much to his head. But by the end of his reign, the decades of being told he was a descendant of Zeus, combined with the monumental success of his military campaign, had already done its work, and Olympias' advice was abandoned. Once in Persia, Alexander was said to have adopted some of the Persian customs employed by the Achaemenid kings, such as showing deference to a king by kissing his hand. 
Alexander's Greek troop saw this as a gesture of taking the idea of divinity a step too far. Yeah. Such a gesture was the province of the deities. It was one thing to claim descent and another entirely to claim the mantle of godhood itself. Various divisions began to rise in Alexander's court and campaign, a consequence of trying to blend several vastly different cultures together. And again, when your empire is so huge, you can't maintain control yeah, over everything. No. You just you can't be everywhere at once. Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna piss somebody off. <laughs> and people are gonna get greedy and they're yeah. gonna be like, hey, I will go maintain slash rule that area for you. Yeah. At one point while on campaign, Alexander and his Greek troops were also responsible for destroying the palace of Persepolis, which served as the ceremonial capital of the Persian Empire. Some claim that the fire started was in retribution to the burning of the Acropolis of Athens 100 years earlier. Wow. Do you remember that? Hold a grudge. <laughs> During um, Artemisia's episode when yeah. we talked about it? Yes. Damn. And Persepolis could have easily been one of the greatest wonders of the world. Um, some of the ruins still exist to this day, but if you look up anything about Persepolis, it was beautiful. Yes. Damn and it, Alexander. Alexander's troops destroyed that. <sighs> Alexander had also taken after his mortal father. <laughs> Philip. Becoming something of an alcoholic and okay. prone to fighting with his own military generals whenever they disagreed with him. Yeah. Some of those drunken disagreements ended in their deaths. Oh my gosh, you can't just do that. He did that. You're not going to have anyone on your side anymore. So what would end up happening, uh, mm. one of the stories I read is he basically killed one of his generals who was younger. And because he knew the father would want retaliation, he, he, had, the father he had to go kill him too. Oh my god! Yes. This is a slippery slope that no one yes. wins. And then sometime between June 10th and June 11th of 323 BCE, the son of Alexander the Great's epic tale set rather suddenly when he died while on campaign in Babylon. The exact cause of his death is another popular subject of debate. Some have claimed that he contracted some form of typhoid fever or malaria. Others claim he died of alcoholic liver disease. This is Alexander. Mm -hmm. Okay. And others still yet claim that Alexander's exploits and treatment of the close people around him resulted in his own poisoning. Ooh. Clandestine assassination wasn't exactly uncommon for the day, especially for Macedonian kings. Yeah. In the end, Alexander's death was dragged out for several days of agony before a fever finally took him to the next life. That sucks. He was only 32 years old. Whoa. I always forget how young he was when he died. Yes. Jesus. All of them. They're all <laughs> so young. And with his death came chaos as the kingdom he had built started to unravel and the closest people in his life schemed to fill the vacancy his large star had left behind. Jesus. At the time of Alexander the Great's death, he had no obvious successor. Alexander's wife, Roxanne. Yes, he had a wife. No, thanks. We didn't talk about her. <laughs> She was conveniently pregnant at the time, but this put her in a precarious position as there was no way to know if she would give birth to a son or a daughter, and several of his generals would end up clamoring for power and utilizing the various satrapies. This is the little governorships around yeah. Persia, um, basically to launch their own uh, power bases and attempted 
usurpation of Macedonia. Wow. Mm-hmm. Also, his life is now in extreme, an unborn child is now in extreme yes. danger. Don't drink anything. <laughs> yes. Mm. So we don't know what Olympia's exact reaction to her son's death was, but we can imagine it was similar to the rest of Macedonia. Basically, because of how huge the uh, kingdom had grown, Mm -hmm. it took a while for that news to get back to Macedonia. That's fair. And people refused to believe it. Oh, wow. They were just so shocked because he was so young. That's true. Yep. But Olympias was not one to remain idle for long. After her daughter-in-law gave birth at last to a son named... Don't you dare. Alexander. Named Alexander. (laughs) Olympias immediately began to champion his claim to succeed to the throne of Macedon after his father. We're going to call him Baby Alexander. Baby Alexander. (laughs) So Baby Alexander was thus proclaimed co-king alongside Alexander the Great's mentally challenged half-brother... Philip Aridaeus. What? Okay. That was his name. <laughs> um, and this was the one that Olympias had allegedly placed. Yeah, you know Olympias Olympia is just like, well, shit, that didn't work. <laughs> Alexander the Great's vizier named Perdiccas. I think God that's his you. name. <laughs> he was named as regent for the two kings. Baby Alexander would end up being king in name only, and people continued to scheme to position themselves closer to the throne. Yeah. Perdiccas, why is that name so? It's it's not a great name. We don't know his name, guys. We don't know. I didn't look it up. I'm sorry. It's a funny name. He would end up reaching out to Olympia's age-old rival, Antipater, and try to secure a marriage alliance with Antipater's daughter for himself to secure his own position. Stop it. But Olympias would not be outdone so easily. Oh, no. Who is she going to poison? <laughs> not poison. Do you remember she just so, like, her daughter just so happens to be a widow now? Oh. Mm-hmm. Is this the daughter? This who's... is Cleopatra. Yeah, the one who had married her her brother. Well, Olympia's kid brother. just is now ruling? Or? No. No, that's Roxanne. No. That's Roxanne. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Superstar. <laughs> So yeah, she offers Cleopatra instead and says, hey, you can secure your position by marrying my daughter. But you have to marry her. But you Otherwise marry you will die if yes, you marry the other exactly. one. Trust me, it's not going to work <laughs> out well for you. Um, so the wedding was agreed upon, but because of Olympia's scheming, Antipater became enraged from the perceived insult to his daughter and the clear power play that was being made for the throne that would shut him out. Yeah. And so... She Mas- outplayed you, buddy. That's what you're <laughs> mad about. <laughs> and so Macedonia descends into civil war. Oh, gosh. The result of the war did not fall in Olympia's favor oh, as no. Perdiccas ended up falling in battle, which completely unraveled the alliance she had made with her daughter. That's, yeah. <laughs> Olympias was not a woman easily defeated. She would continually offer up the hand of her daughter to several generals <laughs> to forge new alliances. Cleopatra's like, can you not? She's like, I'm kind of done I'm here. fine. I don't okay. need another husband. Happy I have the one. Independent I am woman. free now. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back in Macedon, a new regent took the place of the previous um, named Polyperchon. God bless you. I don't know if that's how you say it. Anyway. <laughs> Turns out this dude was an even less of a success than the previous dude before oh, him. No. <laughs> he dies too. Oh shit. <laughs> but this is when a new rival emerges to officially 
be the final boss for Olympias. Okay. Do you remember I said to remember a certain name? His name started with a C. It was Cassander. Cassander. Yes. <laughs> final boss is here. So, final boss fight is here. <laughs> this is Antipater's son. Again, Cassander. And yeah, he is the final boss. Interesting. So, <laughs> he's also this like great military general. Okay. Much more competent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So as the pieces on the chessboard continued to move, Olympias was said to kind of have taken a step back, remain neutral. She just she kind of wanted to see where everything would fall. Yeah, she's looking she at the board. Yeah. yeah. Cassander acted decisively once he took power, and he took Alexander the Great's mentally challenged brother, Aridaeus, captive. Oh, no. With his pawn now in hand, Cassander established Aridaeus as the new king of Macedon with him as the regent. This would end up sealing poor Aridaeus's fate in the end. Oh, no. So, I was wrong. That other regent, dude, he didn't die. He just got usurped. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's basically like dying. But um, <laughs> he ends up fleeing Macedonia for Olympia's home country of Epissus, taking Roxanne and the baby Alexander with him to join up with Olympias. Oh, no. How old is baby Alexander? Is he like, like one. legitimately a baby? Yes. Oh, no. Yes. So we have a baby and a mentally deficient human yeah. ruling this vast empire. Yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> Upon realizing that the son of her old, bitter rival was now in charge in Macedonia, Olympias knew she would have to act and take a more active role in the civil war that had broken out if she was ever to see her grandson back on the throne. Yeah, she is forced to play her hand now. <laughs> Olympias ends up combining the armies of her nephew and Epissus, along with that previous regent who ran away. He yeah. had some men with him. Okay. <laughs> she combines those armies and she marches Ooh. on Macedonia. Like she physically marches. She physically leads the army. Hell yes. yes. Can you imagine this beautiful like red hair goddess? With like the snakes up and down her yes, arms. Yes, that and would just, be like, fun. The eyeliner from hell like <laughs> pointed out like a stiletto to yes. stab you in the eye. She's like, even my makeup yeah. will kill you. <laughs> Sorry. And she marches on Macedonia to reclaim the throne for her grandson. And as it turned out, Olympias was so popular with the people of Macedonia that Ooh. when she and her army reached the border, the Macedonian army did not even put up a fight and surrendered to her immediately. Yes. They're like, you are beautiful and we love you <laughs> and you're the mother of the greatest. Yes. <laughs> Basically, the people refused to take up arms against Alexander the Great's mother when all was said and done. That's fair. She did basically make Alexander the Great. Yes. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> now, although Cassander managed to evade capture, Aridaeus and his wife were not so lucky. Oh, no. On December 25th, 317 BCE, Aridaeus was executed and his wife was forced to commit suicide. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah. Olympias did not stop there, and she had Cassander's brother and all the nobles and generals loyal to Cassander rounded up and executed as well. The sources suggest that hundreds of people were rounded up and killed. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Can, do you think that's outrageous for us because it doesn't happen anymore? Or do you think, do you think that was like commonplace where you're just like you didn't bat an eyelash when that many people were killed at a power change. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, at the very end of this episode, <clears throat> we'll talk a little bit about it. Yeah. It is the reason she is so vilified in history because she took such a ruthless stance. But as we know, 
it's just like every other woman we've talked about. She didn't do anything different um, from any male counterpart. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying it's like insane because of sh- her being a, a, a woman, but like, yes. I just, I just yeah. wonder if like, you know, the common people are like, oh, look, another power change. How many people are going to die this yes. time? Like, do you think they take bets on it? They're like, yes, how many people do you think do. are going to die this time? Yeah, I'm sure they're like, let's stay away from, like, yeah. the, uh, we'll watch from the castle. We're going to be drinking, like, in the outskirts because yeah. we don't want to be put to the sword. Right? <laughs> I don't care who is king. I, I don't care. I just want to pick the wheat yeah. and barley from my just fields. Just make okay? sure that I can live I'm, I'm here to make you some wine. Yeah. There's some grapes to pick. I'll be over there. I'll be okay, over there. Despite having captured and executed the sitting king and his supporters, Olympia still had not secured the Macedonian throne for her grandson. So long as Cassander remained at large in Macedonia, Olympias knew they would never be fully safe. That's, That's fair. She would continue her campaign of trying to conquer Macedonia back for her grandson, but ended up making her final stand in the city of Pydna, placing the city under siege. When Olympias at last emerged to surrender the city, it was under the condition that Cassander spare her life. Cassander agreed, but it turned out to be a ruse. In the end, he determined to have her executed, but promised to spare Roxana and baby Alexander in her place. Hmm. So. That's rough. He basically, he tricks her. Yeah. She is going to be executed. Oh no. But... The Macedonian soldiers refuse to act on his orders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they love, they love her. They love her, and it's also like Alexander the Great has basically been deified in their own time. They're like, dude, we are not killing not the killing mother, his mother. Yeah. Of Alexander the Great. That's just not happening. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to have that conversation in the afterlife. Yeah. They they basically feared they would bring the wrath of gods. They were like, that is Zeus's mistress. I'm not doing that. Okay. I don't want to be struck by lightning. <laughs> Knowing he could not get any of the army of Macedonia to comply with his orders. Oh, no. Cassander turns to the family members of the people Olympias had executed to deliver her death. That's a that's a bold play. That's bold. It's clever. It's honestly like everything comes full circle. I think that's interesting that this guy's like so like. Hell bent. Well, like so snake-like. Yeah. Like her whole thing is snakes. Yeah. And that's what takes. I sorry, that's just the the, way, interesting that that's what takes her down as like a sneaky snake move. A sneaky snake. Sneaky snake. <laughs> I also really picture it as Cassandra understands if this woman's allowed to live. Well, yeah, it's the same thinking that she had with yeah. him. They're both thinking the same yeah, thing. He's like, I cannot allow you to live. All yeah. it takes is one person to like come to your cause. Mm-hmm. You are that influential. Yeah. And yeah. clearly, everyone loves you because they won't kill you. <laughs> Now, according to the sources, the death of Olympias involves her being stoned by the relatives of the people she had killed. I want to be mad, but that's also justice for the people that were killed. Yes. So it's like, oh. <laughs> Olympias's official death is put at 316 BCE at the age of 59. I thought you were going to give us like an actual time. I was like, damn. Okay, that's very accurate. At 444 <laughs> 4.44 p.m. <laughs> She's she's 59 years old. Wow. Yep. Damn. It was a brutal ending, but perhaps fitting that the downfall of Olympias finally came at the hands of the relatives of her own victims. A couple of years later, Cassander would see to it that Roxanne and baby Alexander were secretly killed as well, effectively ending the line of Alexander the Great forever. 
Historians and philosophers of the time period like to highlight the last two years of Olympias's life as being particularly brutal and violent, suggesting that she was an especially cruel and ruthless woman that would have done anything to see her blood on the throne of Macedonia. The image of the evil, conniving, and scheming mother of Alexander the Great survives to this day. The ancient sources would suggest that Olympias was a wicked temptress, whispering in the ears of the men around her to help drive her own ambitions. But at the end of the day, Olympias was no different from the men around her. She was no more or less ruthless than the men that also did the same exact thing. Yeah. <laughs> as her own death proved. She was a woman of ambition and vision, determined to see her son on the throne, and instrumental in crafting the image that would forever enshrine Alexander the Great as one of the most mythic, successful, and important men in all of history. And it's entirely possible that without his mother's intervention, Alexander never would have lived to see the day where he had been named king, much less remembered thousands of years later by all of us listening to this podcast. Olympias was a woman fighting for her own survival and the survival of her family. To do so meant defying convention, and in a way, she not only fought to make history, but to help write it herself. Hell yeah. And that is the story of Alexander the Great's mother, Olympias. She is the poster person for behind every great man is a better yes. and greater woman. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. What That's do you think? Awesome. I never... So I knew her story. Sorry, guys. My voice is like officially it's dying. dying. Yeah. Um, I never knew her story. Like fully. I knew what I saw from the movie Alexander yeah. with Colin Farrell and Angelina, Angelina Jolie, Jolie as like, Olympias. I like, he, well, as we hear with every difficult damsel, <laughs> damsel episode, I like hearing the actual story. And, and you get the context. Yeah. And, yeah. And like I said, that, that scene where she tells him that, yeah, I might've, done the dirty deed with Zeus and you are actually his son. That scene like popped in my head the second you said that. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Now I have a connection. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hell yeah. Same same with me. Like I, I knew the story, but I didn't know the story. And the deeper I got into it, I was like, she actually did a lot, like not even in Alexander's time. Yeah. She did a lot before and she did a lot after. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. And like you said, all she did was ensure that her son was successful got to the throne first of all and was successful on the throne yeah and with his ruling and then after keeping his family safe yeah that's what literally every man of this time did and does yeah in contrast to her but she's the evil because villainous. she's a woman yeah she she was a woman so, so she was a woman who outplayed men and how yeah. dare that be a thing yeah all <laughs> so this... you've got to make her this this nefarious figure all the sources I read basically were like, yes, she was as ruthless as we remember her to be, but so was everybody else. Mm -hmm. It wasn't anything out of the ordinary for the time period. And to your credit, when you were saying like, what did the people think? People were kind of used to it. Yeah. It's just every, everybody, all of these local tribes were at war with this conniving and this yeah. murdering. And that's par for the course. They're like, it's a day ending and why? Of course yeah. there's another, you know, Oh, Change somebody's usurping somebody? Great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep picking my great <laughs> What is for dinner? <laughs> Basically. So speaking of my sources, they were ancient. Were we speaking of your sources? <laughs> kind of, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so my sources were ancientheroes.net slash blog slash Alexander the Great's Three Heroes. Ooh. 
Livius.org article on Olympias, an article from worldhistory.org. I do too. Thoughtco.com, Biography of Olympias, Mother of Alexander the Great by Joan Johnson Lewis. Allthingsinteresting.com, Queen Olympias, The Badass Mother of Alexander the Great by William DeLong. And of course, The Wikipedia. The Wikipedia. (laughs) And yeah. Hell yeah. That's Olympias. Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie was so pretty as Olympia. She, yeah, freaking gorgeous. And I love mm-hmm. that picture because it gives the vibe of like she's whispering in Alexander's yes. ear. She's doing the whisper, whisper. The whispering. The <laughs> whispering. Sneaky snake whispering. <laughs> so, yeah. Hell yeah. That was a good episode. Thank you. I was excited for it. When you told me you were going to do it, I was like, yes. I was having so much fun writing it. Hell yeah. Like sometimes the episodes, I know they're going to be good because it's like crazy information, but it's just not as fun to write. But this just had Greek mythology. It had lots of like assassinations and whispering yes. and scheming. It's just fun the entire time. Hell yeah. And anytime there's a beautiful woman in a weird mystery cold, yes. I pictured her in a hood Ooh, with like her yeah. red hair just like cascading down and her eyes just like peeking out like, hello. Hi. You're like, whoa. I'm seducing you. <laughs> I am seducing you with my eyes. I did not come here to be, to seduce you, but would you like to be seduced? But would you like to be seduced? <laughs> yeah. So. Hell yeah. It was fun. It was good times. So uh, random question time. Kat came up with this one. Yes. So the question is basically, um, if you were from the ancient era, like Olympias and Alexander, and had an animal that you were known for. So Olympias had her snakes. Alexander had his lions of Macedonia. What would yours be? I will go first on this one because it's my question. (laughs) Okay, good. Because I got to think about mine. I think I would have to choose, um, if we're going broad, I would choose big cats in general. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we're going specific, I would probably choose a puma slash mountain lion. Okay. Because they look beautiful and majestic and they look like maybe you could be friends with them. But if you piss them off or do something wrong, you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to get your face bitten off. Yes. Yeah. And I've just always, I've always loved pumas. Like yeah. all growing up, there's just something about them that just like I am obsessed with. <laughs> they're a little smaller, right? Than, um, like they're, they're not small, but no, so like to a lion. Yeah, they're not as big as a lion, but like jaguars are smaller than them. So okay. they're pretty big, but they're not like, they're more sleek than a lion. Okay. So they're like on par with like cheetahs. Like pumas are a little more muscular than cheetahs. Gotcha. But well, when I say a little more muscular, they look a little chunkier than cheetahs. But I saw a TikTok um, mm-hmm. of a, it was a mountain lion and it was somebody who was hiking and they were like, this mountain lion has been stalking me. Oh yeah, they do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she was showing it and she was like, there it is. And you and you can't see it at first, but then you see it. Yeah. It's terrifying. She's like. That's the thing is like, you don't know, like. I used sorry, I'm interrupting your story. No, you're good. (laughs) But like, you don't know that something's watching you because like their camouflage is intense. And it was completely camouflage, but it was getting closer. And she was basically keeping the camera on in case Mm -hmm. something happened. And she was saying, I'm keeping eye contact the entire time. I am backing. I'm just, I'm moving slowly Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm moving towards my campsite. She was alone too. Mm. She was like in the hopes that it'll eventually... It probably had a baby nearby, 
And it was making sure that that person stayed yeah. far enough away and didn't make any sudden movements. But she basically had, she was able to um, video record it. it. It goes on the path and then it walks away when she's at her campsite. Yeah, and then, then she took her campsite and she's like, I'm out. Peace. Um, I'm gone. Because <laughs> so, this thing has been stalking me. Yeah. So yeah. The, they're pretty easy to like, act, they're actually pretty easy to like scare away if you make yeah. a lot of noise. Like. I've obviously never had an encounter because I'm a loud ass person. Yeah. <laughs> but like, they're usually pretty like, you stay there, I'll stay here. But yeah. if they have babies, they get they get yeah. mean. Or if they have rabies, I don't know if mean. I would have the courage to be like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> and doesn't it depend? Like, if you do that to a bear, that's bad, right? Yeah. If you do that to a bear, bears like, you want to fight? All right. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying like turn around and like go ah. But like, if you're really Arr. loud, they'll usually like stay yeah. away from you. All right. So I was thinking about this a little bit. Um, and I feel like my obvious go-to answer is always a cat dragon. <laughs> and that, that would be the sigil on like my shield and my oh, banner. Yeah. But I think I was trying to think of an animal that's basically smaller. It's very unassuming, but very deadly Komodo dragon. and clever. I was thinking <laughs> of a hawk, Ooh, honestly. Nice. Any bird of prey. Any, I was thinking of like a hawk. I thought that would be a pretty cool, like to have like a hawk brooch. Um, maybe like hawk feathers. Ooh, That's what I would wear. That'd uh, be cool. The other thing I was thinking was maybe a fox, but definitely leaning more towards a hawk. I like it because because they are incredibly deadly, but you wouldn't yeah. know. They look so majestic. Yeah, they're so beautiful. I yeah. love hawks. I love any big bird of prey. Hell yeah! Yeah, I like it. Not a. Exciting, as exciting an answer as yours, but... Mine wasn't that exciting. I made it exciting with my story. I made it exciting. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's what my animal would be. Hell and I yeah. like the idea of like having hawkish eyes that see yeah. everything. They're kind of just sitting there in the background. They don't necessarily need attention, but you know they're always there. They're watching everything. They don't miss anything. Yeah. And they, they don't necessarily want you to know they're there. Yeah. But they're there. But you will know they're there if you piss them off. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. I will not be fornicating with Oh good, because neither. Talk <laughs> avatar. <laughs> Sorry, weird god. I don't if you change it to a human form, yeah. maybe we'll talk. But I'm not we're not doing this. Not doing that. We're not I, doing this. Bestiality is not my thing. I don't need not a child. That's from you, Zeus, no. especially. Mm -hmm. Like, if your yeah. brother Hades came, yeah, as himself, we talk. We, we would could talk. We would have dinner, yeah, for sure, definitely. We would have dinner, <laughs> probably some wine. There'd be some more sizing. <laughs> maybe some pomegranates. Oh yes. Um, okay, calm down, Persephone. <laughs> I, I mean, Persephone is welcome to join. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, thank God that you're not gonna get weird with an avatar. <laughs> I'm glad you cleared that up for all of us. <laughs> anyway, you on that weird note, <laughs> you've been listening to Difficult Damsels. We didn't say what this podcast was, even though everyone knows. No, we did. We said that at the beginning. Did we? Yeah. I feel like we didn't. We did. We said Difficult Damsels, but we didn't say it was a podcast we did. about badass women. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. I am right. Yeah. I'm always right. Someone <laughs> says, yes, she's right. You're not always right. I'm not. I'm never right. <laughs> I get really excited well, when I'm right. Okay? In case we didn't. You've been listening to a podcast about badass and sometimes problematic and slightly strange women from history. Yeah. Yeah. Who join cults. Who join cults. And, and kill some people. And kill lots of it's people. It's problematic. <laughs> it's very problematic. We are not condoning murder of any sort. No. For any reason. <laughs> my dog is falling off my lap. 
You can support our podcast as always by rating, reviewing, and subscribing hey. wherever your ear holes are listening. Your to this. ear holes. <laughs> Where uh, else can they find us? We are. I almost said we're at difficultdamsels.gmail.gfyb. <laughs> uh, we're on social media at Difficult Damsels the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Did you say the email? I did, but you did, so it's fine. I did. I messed up the email because it's not my line. <laughs> we um, will likely have at least one more episode of the year. It'll be another more relaxed, and then we plan to go on a bit of a hiatus. Oh, yeah. Because um, of the holidays. Because of the holidays. Oh, we should say Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, because yeah. this will come out the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, as always, a reminder that Thanksgiving is a colonialist holiday. Yes. No, not most of us are not celebrating Columbus and his bullshit. We are celebrating being thankful yes. for the things in our life and the people that we yes agree. And it's for. a good time yes. to have an excuse to come together as, yes. with your family or your friends and have a good time. But we are not. And laugh. Celebrating the systematic genocide of yeah no we're thousands not, of not at all and if you neighbors. celebrate this holiday because of that you can kindly unlisten <laughs> yes unlisten unsubscribe. unlisten unsubscribe. stay subscribed we need the numbers but unlisten <laughs> no we need the listen oh shit <laughs> just I don't know how this works just rethink your life choices yeah yeah, yeah. Um, we'll stick Thor on you and uh, as always stay difficult stay difficult but don't murder hundreds of people. Maybe don't tell your child he's the son of a god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just it just doesn't it might work end out bad. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>